Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. I'm Jeremy. And my name is Pam. And today we have such an exciting, special episode. We are joined today by Kelly Clarkson's bass player, both studio touring, part of my band, y'all, Kyle Whalo. Yes, uh, I'm, I've been looking forward to this interview for a really long time. Kyle is, I mean, he is one of the, uh, the, the nicest dudes, honestly, and I am so excited to get to spend some time with him. You're going to learn a lot of really cool stuff about him. One of those things being that he is an ultra marathoner. So we're going to have to dig into that and figure out exactly what that means. Uh, plus, I think we want to try to dig in about some Kellyoki stuff because I know he was intimately involved in the project of the EP, plus the Kellyokis that are on the show as well. So I think we'll be asking several questions about those. Yes. And without further ado, he is the. Touring basis for both Kelly Clarkson and Katy Perry, not to mention the fact that you can see him weekdays on the Kelly Clarkson show as a member of my band, y'all. We are so excited to welcome to the show, Kyle Whalem. Hey, buddy, how are you? Good. Hey, guys. Good to be here. Hello. So Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. So, Kyle, uh, first and foremost, we know that uh, you're currently on a break, not only from the Kelly Clarkson show, but also from Katy Perry's uh, Vegas residency. So, we know that a lot of the other bandmates like to go out and, and travel around. Did you did you travel or are you planning to travel anywhere? Are you at home? I'm mostly at home. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a homebody. Uh, when I'm not working, it's like it really is just wife and kids. I mean, like when I was younger, it was uh, I had more rock star aspirations and I kind of lived that, you know, life. And I've just, I just did that so hard that, that these days in my late thirties, you know, when I'm done with work, I'm really just chilling. Like I'm literally just taking the kids to school, picking them up. We go to the park, you know, all that stuff. So I did have, um, I had one nice trip, uh, a couple of week, uh, weekends ago, I went to Northern California for, a um, an ultra marathoning event called the Western States 100. And I don't know if you guys are aware. I'm, I'm kind of an avid runner. Absolutely. Yes. So is, <laughs> yeah. now, is is that one of the hundred mile runs? Yes. And that's actually okay. kind of considered in, in this kind of niche community, um, even though it's gaining popularity, uh, the Western States kind of considered like the Super Bowl. It's like the big one uh, in the U.S. Yeah. at least. And so for me, it was dope because, you know, I have a friend that's on the, the board at Western States. He's sort of a, a big deal filmmaker in, in ultra tra- trail running world. And it was just so funny because I got to go be, I, and, I, and by the way, I had gotten him and his girlfriend uh, tickets to the Kelly show. And so they came and sat in the audience and ate popcorn with the Jonas brothers and, you know, li- <laughs> kind of lived part of my life. You know what I mean? I was able to kind of get them access to that. And then they in turn got me passes to come basically be their media assistant at this big race, which for me, it was like, you know, I'm seeing all these people that would not be famous to any of your listeners or to you guys probably at all. But to me, it's the equivalent of hanging out with Kelly Clarkson or, or Katy Perry. I'm meeting all these famous yeah. runners and and it's like backstage pass, basically, you know. Uh, so that was really, yeah. really fun. Did you run it? No, I've run 500 mile races. Um, I have not been fortunate enough to get into the Western States. You kind of have to enter this lottery and you have to qualify for oh, okay. it. I don't know if you know anything about like the Boston Marathon. I was thinking like the New York one, like I know yeah. you have to like do a bunch of them to qualify yes. and it, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know enough, but it's kind of like that, but it's with hundred mile races. So to qualify, you got to run all these hundred mile races. So it's like, yeah, even more kind of a, uh, you know, niche than that. But we know that you're a big avid runner. And since I am not of that world, mm. I know that there are like the hundred mile ultra marathons. And then what is like, what is the difference between like the hundred mile ones and then just a standard ultra marathon like how what's the distance for that yeah so ultra is uh actually i think comes from the greek root word beyond so ultra marathon beyond marathon so really actually anything over 26.2 miles is considered an ultra marathon and so you my wife is scurrying by with the did i get new insoles oh so we live in LA. We get a lot of lizards. So we have a lizard box. <laughs> <a week. laughs> That's awesome. I'm watching her like scurry by to throw a lizard out. We actually live <laughs> near the mountains in, in LA, the San Gabriel. So it's kind of a, if you're a mountain runner or, or kind of nature person, 
we have a pretty cool spot here in, in Pasadena. Um, so cool. I also have ADHD, so you're going to always have to bear with me. You're, <laughs> what, what, I'm like, squirrel, wife, uh, lizard. Lizard. <laughs> lizard. So you're right. Oh, anything. Right, right. So so a marathon, anything, anything beyond a marathon is technically an ultra. And so they can start at, usually they start at 50K. So you can think about a 5K times 10, yeah. 31 miles. And then mm-hmm. 50 mile, 100K, so 10K times 10. Uh, that's about 62 miles. And then a hundred miler is kind of the marathon of the ultra running world. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. Okay. What is, what is your advice for someone who needs, who needs to accomplish running one mile? Yeah. Not speaking from experience. Dude, I'm always, I love, uh, I love helping people get started. If people that, that know me, including my bandmates with Kelly and with Katie, uh, they, they know I'm constantly trying to kind of massage people to maybe pick up running. So, I mean, my, my advice would be to literally like step out of your door and go so slow that you're embarrassed. And honestly, that's the way I start almost all of my runs. I just think about like an old person. You see someone that's like 60, 70 years old and they're still running, like do what they're doing. So they start, they're just out there, you know, cruising. It's not, there's no ego in it. Okay. Good to know. Cause I am so not athletic or in shape and I'm like, it's something that seems fun yeah. and a good like stress. Oh my gosh. Release, I guess it's so good for that. I mean, you know, both of my jobs can be very stressful, right? Like we love what we do and we make music. We get to make people happy, but there's a lot of prep involved and, and, you know, there's a whole machine that you kind of got to uh, help keep the business itself. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, with the, with the Kelly show, you know, on a daily basis, there's going to be some point in that day where, we're doing some performance that of some song that we all, including Kelly, hardly know at all. In fact, knowing is was probably a laughable term for that because we're kind of, it's a, it's a Kelly Oki. We're, we're doing our best to kind of nail it in a few tries. You know what I'm saying? So like uh, the running for me, as far as like stress management, and show, you know, showing up relaxed and ready to play ball and, and do this thing. I can't believe that we pulled off five, over 500 of them now, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the band will tell you, Jason will tell you, Kelly will tell you that, you know, for me, running is a very huge part of my, you know, sort of mental health routine to kind of show up in the best, uh, best shape that I can. Does it become very like Zen for you? I mean, that's sort of the place where you go to kind of center yourself. And that's where you kind of like when the world kind of seems all crazy. And and I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, about mental health because everybody copes with it and deals with it in different ways. Is this kind of like a bit of your coping? 100%. Uh, My wife... (laughs) Like there's very few days where I don't run, you know, it happens every now and then, but uh, yeah, I'm usually, usually I can look back and pinpoint those as days where I was not at, you know, at my finest. So that's why I kind of like to do it as sort of a baseline. I try to just get it out of the way in the morning and uh, on show days, somehow it's actually easier because I'm, you know, I wake up and we, we all have this like comp, this very precise uh, morning routine at this point, we know we got to be there, you know, at this time in the morning, we know the drive, the commute is this long approximately what's the maximum amount of sleep I can get. And then yeah, it's like working backwards. Yeah, absolutely. I get up, man. I'm, I'm usually on good days. I have my shoes on and I'm out the door and I'm caffeinated within 15 or 20 minutes of opening my eyes. So, uh, oh my gosh. I see. I need to get on your level. And maybe that means getting my energy from running. I need to it's, do that. And look, look, if, <laughs> like I said, try to step out your door and go, extremely slowly and go extremely uh uh try to try to not like obsess over going very far your first couple of times like I, when i first got into it it was like i think i was trying to get around the block i'm not even sure if i made it around the block but it's like you set little goals like that or it's like let me just try to go out and move for 20 minutes and see if how much of that i can jog and how much of that i need to walk and then work on maybe increasing the amount that you're jogging because a lot of people do it that way all right Good to know. Thank you. I believe in you. You can do it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Everybody has to start somewhere. That's That's my 2022 goal to maybe run half a mile. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Realistically. Yeah. You can keep in touch with me about it too. Like show me your progress. So we've talked running. Now we want to talk music because I know that you got your, you know, and it's funny because a lot of times when we talk to musicians, you know, we always start with like, oh, so, hey, how'd you get your start in music? But that's Mm -hmm. almost an embarrassing question to ask you. Because you have such a musical family that it was almost predestined that you were going to end up doing something music. I mean, am I am I out of balance for saying that? I mean, you, you kind of had music in your blood. Totally. No, no, no. That's not um, 
yeah, that, that there's no exaggeration in, in uh, the way you describe that. That's definitely come from a, an ex a very musically musical and artistic family. And, uh, you know, I tried my best not to be a musician. I was anything else. I was trying to be a visual artist. I, uh, at one point I was like a fairly decent skateboarder. And I, I kind of had like, I was like, I had thoughts of becoming a pro skateboarder, like being an athlete. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and uh, even up until honestly, right before I got the Kelly gig, I was at a little bit of a dip in my career. You know, I've been at it now, I think 22 years or 24 years, something like that professionally. But um, I'd always put, you know, food on the table, but there was a point there where I had just had kids and I was like, man, I'm, I'm working three or four jobs trying to just bring in enough. And uh, one of those was at a running store, actually. It was like the last uh, side job I had that wasn't musical. And there was a time where I thought about uh, maybe getting into the, the running shoe business, you know, like being a shoe salesman or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've tried, I've done, I'm proud to say I've done a lot of different things. I've waited tables, I've done construction. Um, but, you know, when we moved to Nashville, Tennessee in the, in the mid nineties, um, Nashville wasn't the kind of like, you know, cultural oasis in the South that it kind of is now. It was, I moved there from LA and it was a shock to me because it was like, literally people wearing 10 gallon hats and like, you know, <laughs> boot stores and stuff. I was like, what the, uh, where am I? Where am I? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. And so as a, as a 12 year old, my, my boredom eventually got the better. And I didn't know anybody, you know, we had just moved. Uh, and eventually I started to kind of, I was I, at that point, I was highly into visual art and I, uh, kind of conceded and I was like, man, maybe I'll, you know, take up drums or something. And, uh, I think I've started with drums and then we were in an apartment at that point. It was, they were way too loud. And uh, then I, I got into Jimi Hendrix. My dad kind of introduced me to Jimi Hendrix. And I was like, well, this is cool. This is like, you know, a, a black rock star dude that has nothing to do with the, the jazz world that my dad, you know, he was from um, kind of R&B, soul, jazz. Uh, you know, he played with Whitney Houston. He played with Luther Vandross. He played with Celine Dion, Barbara Streisand, all of these kind of, it was like, yeah. that was his world. And so when I got into rock music, then I started seeing, well, maybe I could do this because this doesn't seem so like on the nose. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I never wanted to pick up a tenor saxophone and try to be like a little Kirk Whalen. Um, <laughs> literally be like, oh, I'm literally a clone of my father. You're like, yeah, yeah I want to have I think, some like. Yeah, I think a, a lot of us can identify with that, you know, a sense of uh, totally. autonomy in your career and your, your life's uh, path. And so it just ended up that I picked up music and like you said, it really was kind of natural for me. And, and when I found bass guitar, that was a wrap. I was, I just got way too good, way too quick <laughs> to not take it seriously. <laughs> I, I love uh, that you put it that way because I mean, a lot of times musicians can be very humble and they'd be like, well, you know what? I, I grind and grind and I practice and I practice and you're just like, no, I was good. Like I was yeah. good and I knew it and I had to, to focus on this. So you said you wanted, you started originally with the drums and I mean, what made you decide like, oh, let me, I mean, cause you talked about Hendrix, Hendrix is yeah. a guitar player, but you pick yeah. up the bass. Like, was there, was there something about the bass that kind of drew you? Cause again, could not have been more different than like what your dad is known for. Right. Uh, why, why the bass? I think it was because bass uh, exists in sort of an, uh, if you have a Venn diagram and, and there's rhythm on one side, drums, and you have, you know, mm -hmm. melody and harmony on the other side, like guitar. Bass is right in the middle, right? So, like, mm -hmm. it's a supportive role. I work with the drummer to lay down this beat, right? The foundation of, of the music, the groove. And uh, But I also get to interact like a guitar player would. Occasionally, you could take a solo or something. No one really wants to hear that for too long. But, uh, you know, <laughs> my job is mainly to kind of just sit with the drummer and get your body moving. And I love that. So, for me, yeah. that was a very natural place to be. Do you feel like you could like like ha do you do you still play other instruments? I mean, obviously, bass is your main yeah one now, but like, could you pick something up? Like, you pick drums up, guitar up, and like yeah, like it's no biggie. Yeah, actually, it's funny in in Kelly's band, uh, almost everybody's slightly multi instrumental. So like like Lester, for example, is a killer bass player, and it's very frustrating for really? me. Really? <laughs> because he'll pick it up and hey. he's, he's going to town. I'm like. Dude, you're already so good at drums. Like, come on, let me have some. <laughs> uh, and Jocko plays uh, plays great bass, and he's you know he's got a little hippie vibe on the drums. Um, Jason plays a few things as well. I think uh, it, it's certainly a lot of different types of, of keyboards and synthesizers, and you know uh, uh, accordion and all that stuff. But 
yeah, I can, I can get around a guitar fairly well. Actually, I was just in my, my studio doing some guitar, uh, uh, passes on some demos that I'm working on. Actually, my dad and I are working on a project together. Um, nice. Yeah. So I was putting some guitar parts in that. I can still kind of like, I can warm it up on guitar and drums. Like I can get those okay. to an acceptable level fairly quickly. Um, and then right now during the summer, during my off period, I've been playing a lot more upright bass because that's, oh, you, know, you see me play it on the Kelly bass. show sometimes, but that's, yeah. uh, that's something I'm always trying to like, you know, I think of my dad as a, uh, like we're both very driven people and um, my whole life, he would just practice constantly. For me, I practiced so much in high school on my electric bass guitar that I almost never sit and just try to get good at it. Cause like I'm good at it. <laughs> right. So, yeah. and you're also playing it like almost every day anyway. Yeah. Right. At, at a, at a fairly, um, you know, elite level. So it's like, for me, I'm always looking into like, what can I do? Uh, what can I get into next that I can sharpen? So for me, the last few years, I've been trying to get better at upright. And so uh, over the summer, like as I'm taking the kids to school and and, and like, maybe if they're in school for like two hours and everybody's out of the house, I'll actually sit there and just practice my upright and try to get good at that. Speaking of upright, I mean, I don't know if I'm like derailing the conversation entirely, <laughs> but you did a little bit of that on the Christmas album. Yes. Correct. Yeah. I was looking through the. I was a nerd. I was looking through the the uh, the liner notes. We're so we're that... very big on liner notes. Like we're we yeah. dive into the liner notes on. You, heard, you remember when they were physical and you could take them out of the. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Really? Oh, there you got it right here. <laughs> I got I got a whole shelf of them back here that I I've read every one of these liner notes back here. It was such a fun process, by the way. Just as an aside, like to if you're a music fan, which we all are, that's why we're here to sit there and go like, and then you can start to figure out this other world of, of side players yeah. and studio musicians and producers. You know, yes. I, I miss all that. Um, you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because, and I, I was trying to figure out when a good part of our interview would be to bring this up. But um, you know, we've made a couple of mentions of your dad, Kirk Whalem, who is a Grammy award winning uh, saxophonist uh, has had a legendary career. You kind of named off some of the people that, that he's worked with in the past. And I, I just want you to know that there was one day we, uh, we recently did an episode all about the Kelly Oki, uh, EP that came out. Mm -hmm. And so, and I, and this is, there's going to be a lot of breadcrumbs here. So try to follow me here. <laughs> okay. So in, in doing the research for the Kelly Oki EP, obviously, um, Kelly and, and you and the rest of the band record uh, queen of the night on mm -hmm. that album mm -hmm. that was originally on the, the bodyguard soundtrack. And so mm -hmm. I decide I'm going to go back through the bodyguard soundtrack because I want to go back and see some of the original liner notes mm -hmm. for that particular song. And you open it up to the first page. And as I was starting to scroll my eyes, a name catches my eye. <laughs> I see, I see your dad's name on. I will always love you. He is the one who does the sax solo on one of the greatest songs of all time. Right. Right. He's the one who nails that sax solo. And so now my mind is blown here because <laughs> knowing knowing that and then knowing that his son 20 or almost 30 years later is in a studio recording a new version of another song from that record and never mind the fact that your dad was on the Kelly Clarkson show and he performed with her doing Run to You which is another song from that yeah. record is it is it weird <laughs> like providence that Whitney Houston keeps coming up between you and your dad because that was almost chilling to figure out the correlation between that artist and you and your dad. I mean, it was that, I mean, did you think about that at all? Knowing that your dad had performed on that song, did mm. you think about that at all going into the Kelly Oki sessions and being like, Oh, I'm doing another one of those songs. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's by the way, good work uh, doing the digging on that. That like <laughs> you put that together. I, you know, now I don't even have to uh, necessarily bring that up on my own, but yeah. Yeah. Dad, <laughs> that's probably right. Like one of the most, famous saxophone solos of all time i mean that's some, that's you're one not that, yeah no, I, I mean what's another you know what is a silent whisper or, or careless, careless yeah. whisper? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. i mean other than that it's like that's the one that most people can hum you know uh people that were around in that era but uh mm -hmm. you know when we went to record it we so much music goes by us in the course of a season that we kind of are like this well-oiled machine and we don't i didn't really give any second thought to like Oh, Queen of the Night, it's a Whitney tune. Because we were so busy on helping deliver Kelly's uh, vision for that version of it. So on a lot of the Kelly Oki's, she will chime in 
whether it's through text with Jason or, or directly to us, Hey, I'm thinking of like, uh, you know, I wanted to do queen of the night, but I wanted to have like a, um, nine inch nails kind of flavor to it. And so that's when we'll kind of like, that's when we get excited. Cause we're like, Oh sweet. It's not just like a stock cover. We get to kind of put our, our own spin on it. So I yeah. think we were so focused on trying to nail her vision of it, uh, between her and Jason, uh, that I didn't, it, it totally slipped my mind that pops was a part of that, you know, era with Whitney and part of that soundtrack. Uh, and I've seen him play that with Whitney side stage when, ah. when I was eight years old. Uh, the, yeah, the original version. And it was so badass. I mean, like, you know, that was like uh, Whitney at her, like, you know, rock star, you know, just, uh, so we wanted oh, to yeah. marry that energy with this other take that Kelly had for it, like her vision for it with, uh, being a little more industrial, a little more kind of like rock and roll, you know? Um, yeah. It sound dramatic, but it's like, it's so good. Thank you. <laughs> it's so good. Thank you. Yeah. We were, <laughs> so good. Dude, we were really, really proud of that um, EP. It's one of, one of my favorite things I've ever, I've ever done, honestly. Um, even though it's short, I wish it was like 12 songs and not six. Or <laughs> I know. <laughs> From your Such lips, man. Yeah. Seriously, like we were talking about this and I was like, I don't know if it's so new. I don't think this is it. But I'm like, this is like one of my favorite things that she's ever, ever done. Cause it's just so eclectic. The whole thing, yeah, yeah. super eclectic and just the most random assortment of songs, which do have a question. Yeah. I see you're wearing a Radiohead shirt. Oh, yeah. How excited were you to do <laughs> classic trees? Okay. So I got to try to, um, I got to try to focus here and answer, answer some of these questions. Um, <laughs> so you said, uh, first of all, you said that that was like one of your favorite things, um, that Kelly's the done. Holy Pate. Dude. So Amazing. it was, it was actually, I think I can speak freely about this, uh, cause it's true, but we, uh, we, we went out to dinner for Kelly's birthday, um, uh, a few months ago and it came up during the conversation. I, I can't remember who asked the question, but it was it Jocko or Lester. We just kind of said like, yeah, what do you, what do you think about the, the EP? And, and she honestly was like, Got, she got kind of quiet for a second. She was like, this is like one of the, my favorite things I've ever done. And it was almost like, like an emotional, the way she said it, it was almost oh. like she got emotional. Um, and so for me, that just means so much because we all kind of felt that way too. And so I hope that there will be others, you know, I hope maybe that's not the only one that we ever do. Uh, and then yeah. about Radiohead, the, uh, the other thing that's kind of like uh, a, a little bit of a pinch myself moment is that, uh, that that song was one of my submissions. So we all had, uh, sort of we got to put in our vote for what songs we would do and yeah so and, and they were all uh karaoke's that we had done previously on the show um but that was that one was the one i was pulling for and so it got you know kind of upvoted into the the pile of songs that we actually uh performed and recorded and i gotta tell you as a huge radio fan <laughs> i like our version better than the original i just kelly's vocal on it is like I mean, I get goose. It's like it's goosebumps, it, you know. It's haunting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. look, we 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 did a whole episode about the EP when it came out, and I said that that was, I think, one of her best covers. Definitely one of her best covers she's ever put on record. But I mean, the vocal performance on that is just—it's otherworldly. Yeah. I mean, just the entire arrangement of the song, everything about it was just so incredibly good that. It, I mean, it's it's almost not fair. And we talk a lot on 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 the show about, mm. um, you know, Kelly's vocal as she's, you know, as she's gotten older. And, you know, we, we discuss older albums and newer albums. And you I mean, you get to see this and you've you've seen this for the last five years, Kyle, that it is almost frightening how her voice has continued to get better mm -hmm. from from record to record. And it is so encouraging as fans to listen to even just a, a six track EP to see the progress that her voice continues to make. And the fact that right. she, I mean, these were just covers now I think, you know, cause she constantly talks about how this is a bridge project and it's just to hold everybody over until she decides that she's ready to put out this, this full new record. Mm -hmm. And yet I think all that this has done is just made people salivate even more for new material <laughs> because she yeah. just sounds so good. And I also want to make another point that, again, this was another point that I made when we first talked about the EP. I love when she gets to go into the studio with you guys. Mm. When, you know, when she does like Meaning of Life, you know, the, the other records, you know, you get a lot of session musicians and she's bouncing around to studios and, you know, different cities and whatnot. 
this was a pro and, and forgive me because this is actually one physical copy I don't have yet. So I haven't mm. looked at all the liner notes, but mm. there are no liner notes. That's okay, the plot well, twist. <laughs> I bought okay, it. Well, I like know. to collect things. There are no liner oh, notes. Oh, that's so cool to yeah. see. I think we all have one. I think we all have one. You know, this was you guys. This was you and the show band or her, mm. you know, her touring band that did this all together. And there is just there is a different vibe when it's you yeah. guys. I, yeah. I want to say when it's y'all, but I was saying that in like the you all version. <laughs> right. Uh, it's right. a different vibe. <laughs> it's a different vibe when it's you guys, the well-oiled machine versus a, a bunch of studio musicians and, and, you know, hired guns that are coming in. It's a different sound entirely. Yeah. And just know that you can hear it completely mm. when she's working with musicians that she knows and trusts mm. and works with on a daily basis you can hear it right right and i mean we can we can feel that too you know like um and, and actually on on meaning of life uh lester was on a few tracks jason mm -hmm. jason is always you guys talked to jason um oh, yeah. on, the, on the show he's almost always involved in in some capacity yeah. right and that's the cool thing about the uh kellyoki ep uh shout out to jason his his vocal capture of her is those two are like uh, joined at the hip. And so yes. a, lo a lot of that, like, like on like fake plastic trees, the, the, the timbre and the ambience and the seasoning on that vocal um, mm. is it's that magical combination of, of Kelly and Jason. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like we do our thing as uh, musicians to lay that, that, that uh, sort of, sort of set the tone, right. Artistically, mm -hmm. but like, and then Kelly and Jason come in and, and just, you know, uplift the whole, the whole, um, project, just like to another level, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's just such an honor to watch that. And we could all feel that like in the studio, it's like, we, we try to do everything we do with a certain bar of excellence and a certain bar of love and, uh, just TLC. And I, I can honestly say that there's very few performances where anyone on that stage is not giving it their all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, you know, we're human beings. So like, yeah, there's probably one or two where someone wasn't feeling good that day or, or unfocused or whatever, but like 99% of the time we are kind of like, we're going to die on the hill for whatever that song is, whether it's in the studio or um, on the actual show or whether it's live when we were back when we were touring. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really proud, not only of that project, uh, I'm proud of the whole team i mean it, it kind of is like a family band and i was told that when i was hired it's sort of a family and i didn't know what jason meant yet until five years in and i'm like we're a family family like like the good and the bad you know what i'm saying like yeah, yeah i was gonna say like sometimes you like you go to a job and they're like we're a family and you're like red flag leave, leave. but sometimes it can be fantastic yes. and you're like this is my support system and these are my friends yeah. so i'm glad that you have the green flags it, no it really is man like like that's one thing that I'm very grateful for with my Kelly crew is that like, and I say it all the time. And like, I'm, oh, I'm always worried. It sounds cliche, but you know, when we say it, we mean it, it really is family. Like no one has any plans to go anywhere. And, and I hope we can all get old, old doing it. Well, I'm, I'm getting old quickly as we speak, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we all are. We all are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you bring up a, a, a good segue here because you know, you, you joined Kelly's band about five years ago and this is obviously pre uh, talk show can you talk about how you know you got on jason's radar to ultimately end up joining the band yeah um so i had been a session and live musician around nashville for at that point that was 2017 um and i moved there in 96 oh my god i'm so bad at math i'm not about to try to do that 21, 21 years, Is that 21 years? <laughs> <laughs> i know it when i hear it yeah that that, that sounds yeah. right. so 21 years of um you know, I got to play with some great, like, uh, Christian and gospel and country artists. I did a lot of country, probably a little more country than I wanted to. Um, and like <laughs> I said, I was, I was in a bit of a lull, right? So, like, we, I think it's really important for young players uh, to hear that, you know, no one's career just always does this. Sometimes they it's do this. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. they do that. <laughs> and mine was one that kind of always did this. And... To be truthful, I hope that never ends because on the other side of one of those little low periods is a, a breakthrough, you know? And so for me, I can honestly say um, of all the levels that I'd been exposed to, I'd been on private jets, I played in arenas and, and stadiums. I'd also done van tours. I'd also done just little club shows and, and state fairs with country artists on dirt tracks. You know what I mean? 
I had done everything high and low. Um, Which is important. It really is. Because if you just do, if you just get started on like doing the stadium yeah, stuff, like yeah. you're going to, you know, it's going to be like a reality check when you have to do like a door deal kind of job. Yeah, you know? it, you're like, oh, I, I get a beer tonight, yeah, you know, yeah. like that sort of thing. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> like, I'll do that. If, if it's the, I remember going out with this punk band, uh, uh, Republican Hair. They changed their name to Steve. A few years ago, which is the greatest name of all time. But I, I actually terrible for Google searches. Yeah, but funny. yeah. Every now and then, I'll still if the music is good enough, and if I have the if the kids have childcare and I'm in the right place to do it, I'll I'll absolutely hop in a van if it's like the music's badass enough. Um, but so you know, I was at one of these points where I was teaching music at Lipscomb University in Nashville. I was uh, working part time at a running store. I was touring with a few artists at the same time: Maggie Rose, Chase Bryant. I was doing sessions. I was doing social media marketing for the running company. Was there another job I'm, I'm forgetting about? But I had literally like four jobs. Oh, I was teaching private lessons um, for the university as well out of my house. And uh, I had done a session with Lester. Lester and I had been kind of homies and, and just we revered each other from afar, like in Nashville for, for about a decade. Like I knew he was there. I knew Pillar, his old band. We, um, we got to share some stages together. And occasionally we would do some session work together. And we did this one session for an artist named um, Daphne Willis. She's really, really good. She's actually a writer here in LA, a big, big pop writer. And I remember on the session, just, I was in a bit of a depression because of uh, just where the career had seemed to kind of stall for a second. And I had a new baby. My daughter, Wendell was um, like probably months old. And I went in to do this recording session and I always bring my all on any gig I'm ever given. I, I do think, regardless of uh, luck being a factor, I think that's been something that has stuck with me throughout my career is that if you hire me, you just got to know, like, Kyle's going in. And sometimes there can be some neuroticism even associated with that because I'm, I'm going to try to bring it that hard. I might drive myself crazy. And <laughs> I remember doing this session with Lester and... Uh, it was like some of Daphne's tunes, well, it was all pop music, but some of it was like slap bass. Some of it had a reggae vibe. There was hip hop vibes, a lot of hip hop presence. There was some Nashville kind of vaguely almost pop country vibes. And so we went through these eight songs or whatever it was, and we went on a coffee break. And I remember Lester kind of like, you know, Lester has a, he can be kind of quiet sometimes. And I remember him just kind of, kind of uh, just being like, like, yo, man, I rarely say this kind of stuff, man. But he's like, I feel like I'm going to try to get you on this Kelly gig, man. Like, I just, and I remember, I remember being really flattered because at the time to get on with Kelly Clarkson was, would have been a game changer, right? Was this like a one, like a, like a one show kind of thing? Or was it for like a tour or the album? Or well, so at this point, this is just conjecture. This is him saying, man, I would really love to get you on with Kelly. Like, yeah. and so, and so this was actually, I can't remember if it was a year or two years before I actually got the gig. I want to say it was a year before I actually got the call. So I remember being very flattered, like, oh man, that would be great. Right. But like, yeah, you know, keep me posted, but like, it's just always a pleasure working with you and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then uh, I think a year later I started getting texts. Like he sent me some texts, like it said, like Mike check one, two, one, two, like, Hey, you ready? And it was like a microphone <laughs> and him tapping on it. Like, like, you know, emojis. And I remember being like, Hmm. I wonder what that means. And uh, sure enough, within two weeks, we had sort of, he's like, Hey, I reached out to Jason. He may call you, you know, may call you. So I, I try not to get played all very cool. Yeah. And I told yeah. him like, look, I'm always going to be working because of, again, of the, I'm very proud of the quality of uh, work that I bring to the table when I'm hired. So like, I, I don't usually fret too much about work. I know my family is going to be fed, but I, I really wanted that Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> So when he when it started to work out and I saw it coming together, it was like, holy shit, this is going to be awesome. And my wife and I, um, just a bit of humility here, we were at a point where we thought it would be for like Kelly loves Christmas music. We thought it would be for a Christmas tour. And I remember talking to her being like, babe, like how amazing would it be to go out and do a Christmas tour with Kelly Clarkson, you know, like, and uh, sure enough, it ended up being not only a tour, but. Um, you know, there was just waves of uh, almost auditioning involved in the process of getting from my first few gigs with her, which was like promo tour kind of stuff, to um, the point where we were on the, on the TV show and, and we do we do all kinds of stuff. We're going to the studio and we, we play on TV and we do gigs and we 
blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it's, it's been an amazing um, journey over the last five years. And, and by the way, the, the Katy Perry thing would not have happened had I not been on with Kelly. So like, I always try to make, make that clear to people that my, the Katy gig came from ends within, uh, we had used part of her um, production staff on, on Kelly's meeting of life tour. So there was an overlap ah. there and the, the opportunity only came up because I was on that tour with Kelly. Um, so there's a lot of gratitude right. for me to, to this camp. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's so funny. We were talking with Jason like like a year ago and he mentioned something about like this person that led to this, the, the blah, 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 blah. And like, you know, the music industry, even though it's a lot of people, it's a small mm-hmm. thing. Like it's a small world, mm-hmm. even from New York to LA, like, you don't know who's going to know each other. So it's just a matter of like, just be a, be a nice person, get along with people, <laughs> yeah. establish those relationships and something may work yeah. out. It's And that's really, that's like a life lesson in general, but especially the music yeah. industry, I feel. Yeah, it's yeah. universal. And, and you know, what, what we do is a product that is uh, like, is consumed by people. So it's like, and it's permanent. So, you know, word travels fast. And then also your performances and your um, integrity as, an, as a musician and as an artist, uh, it's on those records. It's on those karaoke performances, and they're going to live forever in one way. So it's like you even more impetus to, for not only to the job at hand, but even behind the scenes to show up and be a. I got to say, like I don't think she really hires dicks. Like you have to be a, ni- a nice yeah. human being yeah. to even survive in that world. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I'm I'm proud proud to be part of it. Um, I'm proud that it's a good fit and that I like it and all of that stuff. So. So you mentioned uh, there uh, briefly about being uh, also a part of Katy Perry's band and, you know, she's in the midst, she's in a break at the moment, but she's in the midst of a a big Vegas residency, which has been going on for a while. And I know now that I know that kind of how, you know, you went from Kelly's band to to getting in with Katy's band. It's, it's funny to me because it, it, it speaks volumes to how, diverse of a musician you can be and especially considering how many different genres of music that you've played with mm. now while kelly and katie are are similar like in the the pop world if you will the performances are definitely much different now with katie you're i mean it's a lot of flash there's like mm-hmm. crazy outfits i mean it is like extra mm-hmm. but then you come in with kelly and it's a very much like come as you are kind of yeah. a little it seems like more of a relaxed atmosphere what is that like bouncing back and forth from those two worlds honestly another word i kind of woke up with the word gratitude in my um on my mental you know what i'm saying this morning and i even as mm-hmm. i was running and, and doing my meditations and stuff today so I mean, I'm just grateful because I get to do like, I like both of those approaches. Um, I love the, you said extra. Yeah. It's like Katie shows like the most, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the brand. It's like, if you come to that show, it's like you're hallucinating and it's awesome. <laughs> um, but then on, on, on the Kelly side, like, you know, it's more of that, like, yeah, I remember our tour, uh, meaning of life tour was like a black stage, black clothing, it's yeah. the vocal and it's the playing and it's, you know, I love both worlds. You know what I mean? It's like the music speaks for itself on, on one, uh, like, like with on the Kelly tour, that's what we were there to do. I mean, obviously there's some beautiful lights and, and big production stuff as well, but there's no like talking um, animatronics and stuff. Like it's not that kind of show. It's yeah. a little bit more like going to see Whitney or Adele or something. And with Katie, yeah. it's just pop surrealism, you know, um, larger than life. And I love both, man. I mean, I really like having both and being able to go do both and go back and forth. It's it's dizzying and it can be a little stressful at times, but it is uh, absolutely worth it. I'm, I'm really so glad that I get to do it. And it's probably good because it's like it's it's two different things. You know, yeah. it's not like you're doing just like the, even if it's different artists, like the same shtick and yeah. single night yeah. It kind of makes it. Well, exciting. I have ADHD and, and it's also it's crucial for me to constantly be stimulated and to like mix it up. So yeah, I think that that hopefully will give me some longevity uh, in doing it because I can constantly kind of go, go back and forth. Well, if you want to keep mixing things up, I mean, there's nowhere better to do than with Kelly Clarkson doing a different Kelly Oki song yeah. uh, for 180 shows. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because speaking of the Kelly Oki's, I know that, I mean, I, I know that they're not on the same level, but they are kind of fun and quirky as well. So I want to see if we can get you to choose here. I know it's, it may be hard for you to choose. Do you prefer doing Kelly Oki's with Kelly Clarkson 
and it can be just as in general or do you like the potty jams with Katy Perry where you guys perform as a band in the bathroom? <laughs> uh, I like both. The They're just different. You know, the the Kellyokis are like, um, it's fun because we are taking, like, again, the band has maybe played the song one time before we show up to, to film it. There's, there's a challenge there. And Kelly may have been just learning it hours before upstairs getting our makeup done or on the drive into work, which is fairly short, I think. Um, so for me, I love that. We all kind of get off on that, like uh, a little bit of pressure and it's, uh, you know, before we go on, we're kind of like all kind of dancing and shouting and trying to get the stoke up to, to deliver this, to land the plane. You know what I mean? The potty jam with Katie is equally fun, but it's so whimsical. It's like, we do it, we'll get a heads up. Um, we'll be in the dressing room. Usually we're about to do a show. Because you know, that's why we're always in, in wardrobe and we'll get a heads up like, hey, Katie wants to do potty jam in 30 minutes. And you're like, oh, OK, what's up? <laughs> and, you know, luckily in that case, it's something, you know, but yeah, you okay. got to go in the, in the bathroom and try to like, again, try to sink that one in a silly way and not take it too seriously. But you kind of don't want to suck either. So, yeah, it's I like the balance of challenge and also try to have fun while you're doing it. And I guess that's the yeah. common thread through both of those things is to try to have fun. You know, there was a time in season one of the Kelly show before we had some reps under our belt when it was all very new, I went through a, a season of like, like performance anxiety. Like I was starting to get really bugged out by all the cameras, all the, in my mind, you know, there's just, it's so unnatural. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, you can, there's two ways to look at it. You can look at it like it's not a big deal, but then you can also look at it like, this is kind of a big deal. I don't want to F this up, you know? <laughs> Like millions of people are watching. Yeah, this, no big deal. Right. I'm in a room right now. It's no, no big deal. Yeah, and this, the yeah. secret is kind of, uh, it's kind of giving both some acceptance, you know, accepting both things at the same time. Yeah, there's like a million people watching, but I can still have fun. And actually, the more I leaned, learned to lean into that kind of effort, man, what's going to happen is going to happen. We all care. We, we're all prepared. And that's why we're here doing this. And we're all really good. And it's like, uh, it's like a basketball game. Like what I can do that, that on that game, on that song is what I had that day. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. for that, per for that reason, there's very little, like if any fixing done, if you can catch it in time, you might be able to kind of like, Hey, I watched the ending on that. Maybe we can, you know, glue a little, uh, from an earlier rehearsal take or something. But a lot of times Kelly will nail it the first time. And if she does, that's the one that goes out. So the, the beauty of it, though, is like, I, I hate to say this, but like 99% of the people watching will not know the difference. So that is the absolutely. Thing. So it's like, as long as you don't sound like you have completely screwed up the yeah. song, which will never happen, right. you're good to go. But yeah, I get it because you like, you know, you always have a little bit of like anxiety or a little bit of excitement. And I think that prevents you from like being like jaded a little bit. Yeah. Because you're just like, well, you, you get, I was telling this to my buddy, Billy, the, the ultra running filmmaker the other day. He was a little, he was stressed and nervous before this big live broadcast they did from that race, the Western States. And it was nice to be able to like pass that on in, in a different industry and just say, or a different side of, I guess, entertainment, like more of the sports world. And I was just like, Billy, you're nervous and you're stressed because you care. And that's a good thing. Exactly. So with the Kelly Oakies, exactly. I try to remember that I, I get sometimes anxious and all that because I care because we all care and I wouldn't be here doing it if I didn't care. So Absolutely. Well, speaking of Kellyoki, can you, I actually saw something on Instagram. I don't know if it was your account. I don't know whose account it was, but I saw something the other day. It was like, you were, forgive me. I'm not a musician. <laughs> you were arranging something for Kellyoki. Oh on, yeah. Like what looked like your laptop or yeah. something. So what's your involvement? Obviously, aside from like playing bass, learning the song, like what do you do in order of like for preparation yeah because obviously every person in the band is going to have something new to bring yeah everybody wears a few hats so obviously jason wears a lot of hats uh the most hats <laughs> uh and the, even kelly is wearing a few hats as host and artist um uh, and then for me so and uh, lester is a great uh, studio engineer lester and jocko are, are engineers um and producers as well so they'll take a lot of times they're doing extra tracking on the songs like extra drum tracks, extra guitar tracks. They'll take it back to their home studio and tinker with it before we set it up to be performed live. Um, and then for my other role is that I, uh, I help with our music prep. So that just means like, we'll get a list. We try to work about two weeks in advance. 
uh, sometimes we have more of a cushion, sometimes less of a cushion, but um, we'll get a stack of songs. There's an ever churning stack of songs in Dropbox. And basically I'll take, I'll go through that stack and essentially take Jason's, Jason had, Jason and Kelly have the, the vision for the arrangement of the song like what sections make it. Cause it has to be, I think under two minutes. Right. TV. So you, have to, you obviously have to, you have to cut out like one yeah. chorus or whatever. Yeah. And so it's a matter of like, so they, they handle like kind of what makes it in what order and when we go to what section. And then I'll take his, his rough um, arrangement. Sometimes they're very rough cause we move really quickly. So sometimes it's like an old, like grimy Kellyoke track from YouTube and we stapled a vocal onto it. it. Like that part of it would be hilarious for the general public to get to, to see. Like when, when a karaoke is in its, at the, the uh, like embryonic stage, it's like just a, a zygote of an idea. And so I'll- Fascinating to watch. I know. And, and sometimes you, there are moments where you're pulling your hair out, but I'll, I'll take that, uh, his idea for the performance. And then I will go in and using like music theory and referencing other, charts and all this stuff, I will basically build us a, a sheet music, what they call a lead sheet of the song. And that's essentially so that we can come in and, and rehearse it and record it and then later perform it. So because we go through so much music, there's no way any of us could memorize all this stuff. And so we're basically kind of always low key glancing at charts, uh, sheet music arrangements of the song. And what I do is I boil, I boil them down to where we can all read the same page instead of like a drum part a keyboard part, blah, blah, blah. We could all look, be looking at the same thing and still kind of know what we're all supposed to be doing. And so that's kind of a standard thing in, in the TV band world. I had to learn that as I went. I mean, I studied music theory in school and I studied arranging in school. Actually, that was my, my degree or my major because I didn't graduate. <laughs> but it's so nice to be able to kind of apply that in this uh, way, you know, for this for this team. So basically... Yeah, I kind of help get our arrangements onto sheet music. And then we rehearse them. We'll all make notes of like, and sometimes we'll bicker about, that's not what this chord is. That chord is this. And, you know, we're upstairs on our in our dressing room and, and maybe we're tired after a long day of, of tracking. Sometimes we rehearse the same day as the show. Um, yeah. So those days can be long. Those can be like your eight, 10 hour days. Um, but anyways, yeah. So usually we'll, sometimes we argue back and forth about what it is and we'll finally get it finalized. I'll make some corrections. And then when we're ready two weeks later to pick up this song and perform it, then we can, we all know what we're doing essentially if, as long as we kind of keep one eye on that piece of music. And that's kind of how, that's how we pull it off in a sense. Um, so they're like, they're not, there's no ego in it for me. Like, it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm helping deliver these, you know, these performances, but it is, uh, it's kind of a, um, it's a very kind of unspoken, job that there's kind of a lot of there is some importance on having that sheet music because it's a big part of the way we uh are able to get these knocked out efficiently and without messing up too much so that's a really long answer i'm sorry no, <laughs> no i appreciate it absolutely... i find this fascinating okay. yeah that was i mean that was fascinating it's because i mean because we because we don't know you know all we see is the finished product we don't necessarily get to see how the sausage is made so to speak behind yeah. the scenes and i think that's important because yeah, it makes you guys look like a really talented and versatile band, yeah. but people have to understand. I mean, there's a lot of work yeah. on so many. I mean, there's other, I mean, there's, you know, clearances and all that other stuff behind yeah. the scenes in the, in the offices that have to happen. I mean, there is so much that goes into those, you know, 90 second performances that people don't realize that I think you guys really do need credit for. And I'm, I mean, I'm pitching this idea now to the producers <laughs> to do like a, from zygote to tape day, like show the entire process of how one Kellyoke gets made. And I think that yeah. people are going to really understand just how massive each show is. Mm. Um, the, the thing I wanted to know was that when it comes to like the days when you find out that you're going to be doing a, a Casey classic where it's, it's one of Kelly's own catalog. Mm -hmm. Are those days easier for you guys? Because you're like, Oh, this is basically source material. We know what we're doing with this. Yeah. Or it's random songs that you have not played live because yeah. you haven't been playing her with for that long. Yeah. And I'm like this random track from 2009. Right. I, I thought that she forgot about. And yeah. like I'm like none of this band was with her. That's then, except for Jason. That's the, the head trip, right? I think that is. I think we're leading into <laughs> what you were asking. Um, Jeremy is like yeah. uh, sometimes it's a relief because you're like, oh, that's the meaning of life era. Like I I know that one. Yeah. Even though I mean 
they're almost all rusty constantly because like our head is on on all this new music that we're playing each and every day including kelly it's like she had she hadn't sing those songs some of them in 10 15 years so like they can be uh maybe there's even more pressure because it's like people should you know from kelly's perspective it's like people should think that i would know this song and right now i don't <laughs> exactly. know it. so that's always kind of tickling and I, I can when i was doing more uh of the artist thing i can remember that it's like songs that i wrote i could never remember the lyrics to. <laughs> uh so on i mean in a lot of ways man like you know yeah kelly's once she's reminded it snaps back into place and you can tell in the way she's singing her own music there's so much more like uh i don't want to say confidence but it's like you can tell that's coming from deep inside that you know it's, yeah she has history with that song um yeah. for us like you said 60 percent of the time it's not something that i have experience playing um now her biggest hits yeah i played on all of that stuff uh live but uh yeah there's, there's constantly it's it's almost like any other karaoke where i have to do homework and I had still have to write out some sheet music and stuff and kind of, and I got to listen to, and I think even Jason has to be refreshed on a lot of that stuff. Cause it, you know, her, her career is so long and she has such a huge catalog. I'm constantly hearing songs. I'm like, dang, that's a great song. And then I'm checking it out and it was like a number one hit that I had never heard it before, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> it's a trip. It really is. And then on top of all the Kellyokis, you guys also have to do the bumper music that's mm-hmm. coming in and out of break as well. Is that all stuff that's just sort of like short compositions that you guys come up with? Do you have like a a stable of like, you know, 40 or 50 of those? Or do you guys try to come up with new ones to keep it fresh? Um, yes and no. We actually have a stable of, I, I want to say it's 200, and 200 or 250 of them. <laughs> we have Dang. a lot. So, and the funny thing is like, we kind of know them all now at this point, because we've been playing through the same ones for a few, uh, for three seasons now. Um, uh, but then we, <laughs> the gag is that we do constantly try to switch it up. I mean, almost every time you hear it, one of us is doing something silly to kind of try to uh, make it fun, keep it fun. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. Honestly, that's our probably, other than the karaoke performance, uh, that part of the show where it's Kelly's doing interviews and, and we are are focusing on our bumpers and goofing around with each other and trying to keep it down. So we're not bugging her and the guests. <laughs> Cause that was going to be another question is, is we'll get to that. <laughs> That's easily one of my favorite parts of that job is, is like at that point we're just vibing out and like, Oh, we got to play. Oh shit. We'll run up and, and <laughs> plug in real quick. You know, like that, that part is hilarious. People would be deeply disappointed if they knew how silly we were uh, back there while they're, <laughs> while they're trying to get the show. Next done. time I go to a show, I have to like, absolutely keep an eye out for this. In fact, yeah. You know, it's so funny. I think I've looked either. Have you guys been on virtually? I was virtually once and I did the, one of the New York shows. Oh, okay, um, cool. When you guys were in New York last year. Yeah. I was on virtually, but I'm pretty sure my TV was in the hallway or something like waiting to be <laughs> wheeled in. Cause I, I don't think I actually made it into the studio. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> You were in the, the virtual nosebleeds, like somewhere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. On the second yeah, there floor. you go. That's funny. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. You, you guys both actually looked familiar when because we've been corresponding oh. by email. So it was yeah. funny oh, when gosh. you popped on. I was like, <laughs> I feel like I've seen them before. So that's, that's Kelly's fans and Katie's fans. It's it, that's the humbling part is that like you're you are you get to interact with uh, the world of love that this artist has created through their own hard work. So you have to be good stewards of your interactions with, with her fans. You know what I mean? It's like, you're doing great. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I take it seriously. I'm, I'm a super fan for, for other uh, acts as well. You know, like you mentioned Radiohead, it's like uh, Katie's uh, security does, was the head of security for Radiohead for like 20 years. And so, you know, we'll have some drinks after the show and we'll, I just get to fan out with this guy and just learn stories about, Radiohead that I like, I, no one gets to know this kind of stuff that I get to hear. Yeah. So yeah, that kind of stuff is fun because that's me being a super fan, you know. Yeah, get all the good Tom York stories whenever you can. Yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> oh, that's. Awesome. I was so bummed. I almost saw Radiohead. I one of my former clients got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame the same year that Radiohead oh. did, and I was like, "This is great. I'm going. I'm going to the induction ceremony. I get to see Radiohead." Tom York didn't show up. The rest of the band showed up <laughs> just to accept the award, and they didn't. They didn't perform, and I'm like, "Yeah, wah, wah, it's a very Radiohead. Wah, one move. day, <laughs> yeah, very, one day, 
one day. Uh, so, Kyle, you were you were talking about uh, a minute ago about like how you kind of get caught off guard sometimes during the show because you don't want to. You're kind of messing around. <laughs> Kelly's on the couch. She's interviewing. You know, insert celebrity here. What is the band doing in between while she's up there? You know, on camera. What are you guys doing while that's going on? I mean, because part of me wants to imagine you guys just sitting there like you know you're really into the interview too. And then there's like kind of where you were kind of alluding like you're messing with each other. There's three modes. <laughs> there is, uh, you know, good boy or girl in church mode where we are attentive and listening to the interview. And, you know, like, honestly, there's a lot of, um, almost every episode has some human interest segment that is like a, a tearjerker or, or like a heart pull on your heartstrings kind of thing. We, we try to be very reverent when it, you know, but if it's like celebrities cutting up and stuff, then the other mode is you're on your phone like this. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> oh shit, we got to play. And then the, Third mode is maybe we just came back from lunch and we are just being belligerently stupid, uh, especially me, Lester, Jocko. J- I mean, all of us, we're just, you know, we're on the, the side over there cutting up. But yeah, it's funny. It's a bit like being in church. Like my dad is a minister as well. And I remember yeah. it as a kid and actually my granddad was, was a preacher. And it's like, <laughs> I remember that feeling of you're cutting up with your cousin, but your dad's wor- preaching and he looks at you and it's like, oh, shit, you know. <laughs> So, <laughs> sorry, Dad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That part of it is fun because, in a sense, you know, we take all, we take it all seriously, but there are definitely parts where we just get to be silly human beings. Well, you have to. I mean, I mean, it's show business. It's entertainment. Like, yeah. I mean, you guys even have to keep it interesting for yourself because, I mean, I can imagine it is a slog when you have 180 episodes that you got to film, and it's just, I mean, you guys, like you said, there's a lot of pressure and there's stress, and like you got to have those little moments where you can just sort of laugh and be like, man, what is our life? That's you're absolutely right. I mean, I think it's part of that cocktail that keeps the whole thing chugging along is, is moments of levity and just not taking it so freaking serious. You know, there's, like I said, every day there's a two minute period where I am deeply focused and that's during Kelly. (laughs) And the other, we all kind of do this after that, like, Hey, I nailed it. Woo. You know, and then then smooth sailing from here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Real quick before we go, one last thing. Uh, I love the fact that uh, near the end of this past season, they got to do an episode that really actually focused on you guys in the band. Mm. Uh, got to do a lot of the the unseen footage. Uh, you know, Kelly spent some time talking with each of you on camera, yeah. uh, kind of giving you guys the the props that you deserved. Because I, I mean, look, it's you guys are definitely very unique in that there is not. Uh, there isn't really a, a good blueprint for daytime talk show bands. I mean, you've got like <laughs> your your late night show bands that right. you basically yeah. can look to, but like a daytime. First of all, there needs to be a damn Emmy for y'all. Just, I mean, give it to you like like a, an honorary because there's nobody in your comp. There's no competition. <laughs> right. But I mean, I, I'm so glad that they did that episode um, to to give you guys the props you deserve because I mean, you guys really are. And, and, and I know it's going to come across as a homer because it's, it's our show and all this. But, I mean, you guys really are a hell of a band, uh, both on stage and on screen. Uh, and you guys deserve all the accolades that you get. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. It, it, uh, again, we're all extremely proud of it. And it was fun doing that episode because, yeah, it was, for, you know, it was, it was a moment of, are we the biggest part of the equation? No. You know, it, it's the Kelly Clarkson show. <laughs> But it is it is very cool for us to just kind of get to bring you in, into our world a little bit and show what goes into it or just talk about our favorite moments or, or that kind of thing. So I'm honestly looking forward to season four because we're um, I think the staff and the writers are starting to kind of figure out like when and how they can involve us a little bit more. And uh, I'm looking forward to that as, as we go along. It's like we've all gotten good at the music part now. We, we've spent three years honing our chops at being. The joke is the number one house band in daytime TV. Uh, <laughs> 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 number one and only. <laughs> uh, well, and and look, yeah. I mean, we we all, I mean, everybody knows what's going on as far as the the talk show landscape. I mean, this is sort of like, and you know, I'm a I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, so right. um, you know. Ellen, her show is done. Kelly has moved into Ellen's time slot. This is very much like Brett Favre is retired. Here comes Aaron Rodgers, and let's see where he goes. I mean, that's that is the exact sort of like way that I look at you guys. Sorry for the sports ball, Pam. I, pr- no, I, it's I apologize. Funny. I, I actually know both. I know who they I are. Know who okay. I knew who both of those were, so I was very relieved. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like you know, you guys, I mean, you guys got to kind of you know hone your craft, you know, on the earlier time slot, and now. 
now you guys are in the big spotlight. Not to yeah. say that you weren't in a big spotlight yeah. before, but now it's like you are the main event. Yeah. And I am so excited to, to see where you guys are going to take the show from here. Um, I mean, it seems it seems like it's a, a forever away, but I mean, August is next month, and that's kind of when you guys start to talk about uh, getting back together for season four, right? Yeah, yeah. Even even sprinkles of that in in late July and early August, I'll probably start getting that that stack of songs that I need to take a look at, and it's probably going to tiptoe in somewhere in late late July. So, yeah, it's kind of like we're in that um, you know last phase of summer kind of feeling. It's like, ah, oh, I kind of enjoy this all this peace and quiet while it lasts. Cause we're about to just jump head, you know, knee deep in it again. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I have, I have one last question. I hope it's yeah. easy. Okay. For season four or just for the hit, the future of the talk show, what is the one bucket list song that you want to cover that you guys have not done yet? Ooh, that's a great question. Maybe not super easy. That, yeah, because well, <laughs> I'm like I have all these. In my I remember head. when we made it past 500 songs, I was like, man, the Lennon McCartney catalog, um, or I can't remember if it's the Beatles catalog or Lennon McCartney. One of those is somewhere around 500 songs. I remember thinking like, wow, we've we've covered a lot of songs. Um, so it's kind of hard to think of the ones we haven't done. I mean, for me, or an artist, yeah, for me, it probably would be done. like a Radiohead tune. Like, um, there's a song called "All I Need" on um, in Rainbows. Which is inarguably the best Radiohead record. Okay, I'm not. I'm not arguing that with anybody. <laughs> and they I gave that like away for free. They did. <laughs> yeah. Did they? Yeah. There's one called. They did. Uh, yeah, they gave it away free. Yeah, it's actually kind of a history making. Uh, I remember where I was in that moment. I remember what I was doing when that record dropped. And they're like, we were all broke, like post college, you know. And they're like, you can you can have it for whatever you want. And I was like, sweet, I'm downloading this thing for free because I don't have. <laughs> that's what I got. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe All I Need by Radiohead. I mean, she would do uh, Kelly's um, rock singing, and, and that's a moody ass song. So, like, you are speaking my love yeah. language, rock. Kelly. I know, man. Have her do some more Foo Fighter or Pearl Jam. Yeah, yes, yeah, some Foo just, Fighter stuff. Just if you have, if you have any more influence on like Everlong, Pretender. I know. Yeah, no, we <laughs> did. Uh, which one? We did uh, one we by did, one. Um, times like, times these, like these, and. What's the one? All on? my life. Oh, you, all my all life. My life. Yeah. It was those yeah, two. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll definitely. I can only imagine, especially you know, rest in peace with Taylor's passing. Oh, I can only imagine that there would be. And Dave has been on the show. Um, um and I know, I know. Kel- Kelly's a Foo Fighters <laughs> fan, and we all are too. So I can only imagine we'll be yeah. doing more of that. I hope more Coldplay. Oh. Um, I hope honestly hope season four to like slip in. There's a trick to doing it because I don't. I don't think Kelly prefers to rap even though she can i've heard her do it it's really good <laughs> i would love to slip like some kendrick lamar or something in there where there's uh maybe some of the ones that are a little more flowy or some more drake i think we've done drake a time yeah. or two uh even post malone she did humble at the billboard awards yeah yeah i, I mean, was part I think, of that we, we all kind of yeah you know, arranged that in the studio and she did i think i saw you guys you guys did i don't remember it was like post malone lauren hill some medley mm-hmm. you guys did that on the media life tour i saw that so she is she loves hip hop. Oh yeah, no, no. She loves hip hop. It's just uh, from my experience, she hasn't preferred to like necessarily rap on camera. But I've heard her do it. <laughs> I've heard her do it when she's playing around, and it's dope. She she's going in. So uh, I, was, I think we've all seen the video of her doing Snoop Dogg. Uh, right, Eminem. No, she did, and she did. Eminem, yeah, she did Eminem uh, too. But the Snoop yeah. Dogg was was on the was on the talk show. She did that. Uh, she did that on the couch. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was probably, was a while I was ago. probably playing it with her and I forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's yeah. why I remember that she can actually kind of low key flow. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. So we have, we have, we have all these ideas. Yes. We just got to put it out yeah, there right. into the universe that <laughs> this will happen. <laughs> rap and rock for season four. Yes, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's me. Rap and rock, baby. <laughs> I just go back and forth. I like jazz too, but it's really rap, mostly rap and rock. Kyle Whalem, it has been so much fun. We God, we could talk to you for hours. It has been so much fun to uh to get to know you and to and to hear your stories um about your your work with Kelly and and not even just Kelly and Katie and your in your early days. Uh we really greatly appreciate you taking some time to to hang with us and we obviously are big fans of yours. We're big fans of the band. Um you know when it when you're a fan of Kelly 
you're a fan of her entire career. You're you're a fan of everything that surrounds her. So it's not mm-hmm. just the vocalist; it's the band as well. Because, mm-hmm. like you said earlier, she always she, she surrounds herself with good people and the right yeah. people, and that's why you know the fans are so attached to the band members, past and present. So um, we really appreciate you. We appreciate all the work that you put in to uh, to put out a a great product, and uh, we are so thankful for you to take the time today. And uh, thank you so much. Dude, thank you guys for having me. It really was a pleasure. And uh, I actually was looking forward to it for a few days before we got together. So, and it, it exceeded all my expectations. So, thank you. Well, th- oh, thank you for thank that. Thank you so much, Kyle. Yeah. Really well, Jay- and Jason it. said oh, they're super nice. You're going to enjoy it. So, yeah. oh, thank well, you. Well, please uh, give our best to Jason as well. We will do. We'll do. Maybe favorite interview ever. I don't know. I d- he was so nice. He was so nice. And we found out so much. I could have seriously talked to Kyle for three hours. I mean, what an interesting guy. What a fun guy to talk to. Uh, just, there's just so many more questions that I had, but we, we, we have to be respectful of people's time and not make a three hour podcast. So we'll have to, we'll have to have him on again, uh, sometime, but man, I am so glad we were able to get our, uh, all of our calendars to align to, to have Kyle on the show. Uh, what an interesting dude. That was a lot of fun. I loved it. He was such a, such a nice guy. And, you know, I know we've said this before. We said it in the interview. We've said it with other people in Kelly's band that she just surrounds herself with such awesome, genuinely nice people. Mm -hmm. And it just speaks volumes. And it's just, it's really cool when, you know, they are as cool on and off screen, you know, on and off, you know, like in real life. Yeah. It was such, it was so nice talking to him. And, Kyle, if you're listening, thank you again. Yes. Uh, what you what you didn't hear is that, you know, you, we have, you know, sort of we take care of some business with each one of our guests after we get done interviewing them. And it seems like the trend whenever we talk to somebody from Kelly's band, we always stay on with them even longer. And we have sort of these these awesome conversations, just the three of us uh, about music or life in general. And it's you know, I those are some of my actual favorite moments. And I and I hate to say that we don't get to ever share those moments. Um, with the audience because you know they 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 the interviewee knows that they're you know sort of it's it's, it's off, off the cuff yeah it's it's off uh off the record so to speak off, yeah and so um so we don't share those parts of our interviews but those are some of my favorite parts because I just love geeking out about music with other uh, musicians and music lovers because uh it, it's just it's one of my favorite things to talk about and of course Kyle was no exception you know he hung out with us a little bit longer and chatted about music and just could not have been a nicer guy. Uh, so yeah, please go check out all of his socials. He's at Kyle Whalem on all the social medias, uh, get him on Instagram and, uh, he doesn't post really too much on Twitter. He hasn't posted in a while, but feel free to give him a few follows. Maybe he'll uh, wake up his Twitter account. Uh, and he's on Facebook as well. So let us know what you thought of the interview. And, uh, also who else you want to hear us speak with on the podcast. Yes. Let us know. Yeah, and don't and don't say Kelly because she's on <laughs> we <know>. vacation. We know. <laughs> we know you want Kelly. She's on vacation. We're not going to bother yeah. her on vacation. Very well deserved vacation. Yes, for that matter. Um, you can find us at Miss Into Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, as always, if you listen on the Spotify app, if you have five seconds to spare, please leave us a rating on the app and on Apple. Same thing. Rating review helps the algorithms. Helps other. Kelly fans discover us when they search her name. Yeah. So we really appreciate you know you taking the time out, and uh, I think that's about it for today. Correct? Yes, I think I think we've done what we can. We've done what we can. So we will be back next week with a brand new episode, and hope you guys have an awesome week. Bye. See you guys. You've been listening to Miss Indie Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson Fan Podcast. Miss Indie Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to Miss Indie Podcast at gmail.com. 